Sermon number 540, Facts About Forgiveness, preached at the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on June 7, 1970. The text, Matthew, the 18th chapter, the 23rd through the 35th verse. The sermon this morning concerns facts about forgiveness, and its text is found in the first gospel, the 18th chapter. We begin to read at the 23rd verse. Now please keep in mind that Jesus has just been asked a question by Peter. Peter wanted to know, in essence, whether or not it was okay to forgive someone seven times, but not to forgive him on the eighth time. And Jesus has answered in response, Peter, I tell you to forgive not seven times, but seventy times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven, said Jesus in continuation, may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began the reckoning, one was brought to him who owed him over a million dollars. And as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Lord, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him twenty dollars. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and besought him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison till he could pay the debt. Well, when his fellow servants saw what had happened and taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his Lord delivered him to the jailers till he should pay all the debt. Then Jesus added, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus Christ came here to earth to tell us that God loves us. And he came to tell us that we are forgiven if we believe on Christ as the Son of God and the Savior from sin. But Jesus Christ also came here to earth to tell us that just as we have been forgiven, one of the greatest responsibilities and privileges that we have here on life is to forgive those who have trespassed against us. That reason 
is perhaps enough for why this particular story was told by our Lord. Jesus knew that forgiveness is important to all of us, that no man will find his complete destiny if he does not know how to forgive. And therefore he is trying to instruct us in this parable and in other teachings facts that we ought to know about forgiveness. And the first fact that I think we can find from this story and from other portions of scripture is the fact that forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is very difficult. It, it was very difficult for God to forgive. Remember, it cost him the life of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to forgive us. It was not easy for Jesus himself to forgive. Remember, it was in pains of agony that from the cross he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And because it was not easy for God to forgive and Christ to forgive, you can be pretty well sure that it's not going to be easy for you to forgive, nor is it for me. It is very difficult for human beings to forgive, first of all, because Forgiveness is not natural to unredeemed man. The natural thing for us to do is not to respond with forgiveness when somebody strikes us upon the cheek. What's the natural thing to do, we think? Strike back. When someone offends us, we usually can't wait until we offend back. When someone hurts us, deliberately or unintentionally, the natural thing for us to do, what is it? It's to even up the score. And that's why forgiveness is so difficult, because for unredeemed natural man, it's, it's not a natural thing to, to want to forgive. And secondly, it's a very difficult thing for man to forgive, simply because forgiveness demands so much. It's almost an impossible thing to forgive, so we think. Let us never forget that this particular story that Jesus taught was provoked by Peter, who came to Jesus with a rhetorical question which he thought was pretty good. If my brother or enemy sins against me seven times, Lord, it's perfectly all right, isn't it, if I not forgive him the eighth time? You see, there was pretty good reason for Peter to feel that he was on safe shore when, when he asked this question, which he thought would bring the Lord's favor and approval. There was a saying of the old rabbis, which Peter knew and which Jesus knew, which says, if your brother trespasses against you the first time, forgive him. If he does it the second time, forgive him. If he does it the third time, forgive him. But if he does it the fourth time, do not forgive him. That was the law of the rabbis. So what Peter did was he took three, multiplied it by two, took an extra for added measure, and thought he was on safe ground when he said with a very high-minded ideal, seven times is enough to forgive, is it not, Lord? And Jesus said, no, it isn't, Peter. You don't forgive seven times, you forgive seventy times seven. And here Jesus was not trying to tell us that you forgive somebody 490 times, but on the 491st time you don't forgive him. No, no. 
He is using this as a figure of speech to try and show us that our forgiveness is to be unlimited. We are to forgive no matter what the offense, and we are to forgive no matter how many times that offense has been perpetrated against us. And that sounds impossible to do. Maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times. But most of us do not think that we should forgive even seven times. And seventy times seven. Well, really what Jesus is saying, there's unlimited forgiveness. That sounds impossible. So forgiveness for us becomes very difficult. There's also a third reason why it appears so difficult. It's because we know not everybody forgives. You know, if you would forgive me and I would forgive you and everybody would forgive everybody else, that would be one thing, and forgiveness really wouldn't be very difficult if we were all to do that. But we all don't do that. Just because I ask you to forgive me, this does not mean that you forgive me. Just because I forgive you does not necessarily mean you forgive me. You see, forgiveness does not work that particular way, and just because one person forgives does not mean that the other person forgives. And when God is expecting us to live on a standard higher than most people follow or live upon, this is very difficult. It's hard for anybody to march to the beat of a different drummer. It's very difficult to be out of step for us. And when everybody else is doing something else, it is hard for us to forgive. So let's make no doubt about it. The first fact that everybody ought to know is that forgiveness is difficult. And if you don't know that or you don't believe it, then you don't know anything about forgiveness. It's tough. But the second thing that Jesus tells us about forgiveness in this passage and in others is that though forgiveness is difficult, and to forgive someone else is a very difficult thing to do, Forgiveness is given to us by God, not as an option, but as a command. Nowhere does Jesus said now, say, it would be nice if you forgive your brother. You forgive your brother as your Father in heaven has forgiven you. As far as Christ is concerned, we don't have a question as to whether or not we will or will not forgive. He puts it in the imperative, and it is our responsibility, and he expects us to be people who forgive. Why? Why does God seem to be so hard in this command and make forgiveness so demanding? The first reason is because God knows what an unforgiving spirit can do, not only to the one being hated, but more importantly to the one who hates. God knows when he made these bodies and these spirits and these minds that these are not made to hold a grudge, that man was made with the ability to forgive, and if he does not forgive, something's going to happen inside to his spirit. That man was born not to hate, 
but to love. And if he continues to persist with an unforgiving spirit, he will never fulfill the destiny for which he was created. He'll never find the gifts which God has given to him. He will never find the potential which is his if he will find it in the word of God. There's absolutely nothing in any one of our lives that will destroy our inner self more quickly than this inability to forgive. An unforgiving spirit sours more relationships than it intends. It sours dreams. It represses joy. It misdirects energy. It robs productivity, and in the older ages it crowns this maturing life with that thorny wreath of bitterness. And why God is so strong in demanding that we forgive, he's doing this for our benefit, because he knows that if we do not forgive, we will become something less than he expected us to be when he created us. Another reason why he is so demanding in telling us we must forgive is that if we do not, then we deny our trust in him. You see, an individual who refuses to forgive is actually an individual who does not trust God. Now that may sound rather strong, but nevertheless it's true. The Bible says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. But an individual who does not think God can handle the job, and who does not trust God's sense of justice, is an individual, you see, who does not trust God. A fanatic has been one, there is one who has been described as an individual who would do what God would do if he had all the facts. And you see, an unforgiving person is a fanatic who feels he must do what God would do if he had all the facts. And actuality, though he believes that God does not know everything, that this great, omnipotent, omnipresent God is not capable of taking care of this horrible enemy that has done such a horrible thing to us, and therefore we must assume the position of God and do unto him the dirtiness that must be done. Yes, this is why God wants us to forgive, because when we do not forgive, it denies us our trust that God expects us to have in him. God's not good enough for us, and we must assume his position. And that's sin. And God wants us to forgive, because not to forgive does absolutely no good at all. You realize that? The man here in the story, when he had that individual who owed him twenty bucks thrown into jail because he could not repay the twenty dollars, the man didn't get the twenty dollars back. An individual who spends all of his life in forgetting how to forgive 
is an individual who cannot do one bit of good with that particular feeling of unforgiveness. If you do not forgive, tell me, does that take away the hurt, the sting? Unforgiveness never made a wrong right. It never corrected any evil. An individual who only returns to his enemy with revenge, says Francis Bacon, is an individual who is an equal with the one who offended him. This is why God is so demanding that we be forgiving in our spirits, because to be unforgiving does absolutely no good for us, for him, or for the whole world. And that is why the second fact of forgiveness is that God expects us to forgive and therefore demands forgiveness from us. But the third thing that we ought to remember is an equally important fact, and it is this. God will not forgive the unforgiving. Now, that's a hard fact, but nevertheless it's true. Jesus pointed it over time and time again that God will not forgive the unforgiving. Did not he say, If ye forgive men their trespasses, your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, your Father in heaven will neither forgive you. Yes, those are the words of Jesus himself. The story you see here in this particular parable is that the man was given forgiveness by his king. His king wanted to give the man forgiveness, the man who owed him over a million dollars. In reality, he had actually given it to him, but when that man, who had erased from his debt a million dollars, could not forgive an individual who owed him twenty dollars, The forgiveness that had been given to him had been taken away. And Jesus ends up this story by saying unto the disciples of his day and the disciples of our day, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. God will not forgive the unforgiving. Now that sounds terribly arbitrary, doesn't it? It sounds very unjust of God, but the God of the New Testament is not vindictive, this we know. And the reason that God will not forgive the unforgiving is because he can't. It is as impossible for God to forgive the unforgiving as it is for him to make life into death at the same time. To make it day and night at the same time. He can't do that. And it's perfectly impossible for him, even God, 
to forgive the unforgiving, because when God forgives us, you see, he invites us into his fellowship, and in that fellowship he expects our natures to be changed. He expects us to become new creatures, individuals who live not by the old laws or the old rules, but by the new rule of love. He expects us to see our fellow man through the same eyes as he sees them. But if we refuse, you see, and do not change, and do not express love, and do not see our fellow man as he sees us all, then you see we are refusing to accept the forgiveness which God offers, and God cannot give us something unless we are willing to take it. You see, the story here of this particular man was not that the Lord took back the forgiveness out of a vindictive heart. The Lord had to take back his forgiveness because the man himself forfeited it when he refused to show a similar expression of forgiveness under the man who owed him the measly sum of twenty dollars. God will not forgive the unforgiving because he can't. And it's only as people forgive that God can give his forgiveness. So therefore the fourth fact about forgiveness is simply this. We can begin to forgive a little, only as we are willing to realize we have been forgiven much. We are capable of forgiving a little only when we realize how much we have been forgiven. That, that's the story here. You see, that was the trouble with our young creditor. He was not able to forgive a man who only owed him $20 because he failed to remember and to realize that his king had forgiven him a debt of over a million dollars. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We can forgive our debtors only when we realize the debt that has been canceled by God to us. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, if you are having trouble forgiving somebody else, if some person has hurt you a little or offended you a little, if you cannot forgive this little thing, Maybe it's not because you're not trying or you don't want to forgive. It may be because you don't realize how much God has forgiven you. This man who stood before that poor soul who owed the twenty dollars, you see, this man could have granted forgiveness just as you and I can grant forgiveness to people who call upon us for mercy. This man who was hovering before him saying, Lord, have pity upon me, he was asking for forgiveness, just as many people are asking you and me to forgive them. 
that that man could not grant it. Because, you see, he had failed to realize how much a king, his Lord, had forgiven him. And the reason that forgiveness and to forgive someone else seems so difficult and hard for us, and the reason that it seems so demanding and unrealistic and why it seems to be not in our life is simply because we are individuals who oftentimes fail to realize how much God has forgiven us. Forgiveness, you see, is not born in the mind where we make up our mind we are going to forgive somebody. Nor is it born in the heart where we feel sorry and think we should have sympathy and the best way to express sympathy is, is to forgive him. Forgiveness is born in the memory. And if you do not have a memory of how much God has forgiven you, then you don't have a ghost of a chance of forgiving the littlest slight that offends you. So the next time you find it a little difficult to say unto somebody who has hurt you a little, you are forgiven. I forgive you. When you find that this is very difficult for you to do, let's not be thinking about the hurt. Let us not wonder why we cannot forgive. Let's not be thinking of ways that we can get even. But let's remember those horrible things that we confessed unto God in the midnights of our souls. Let us forget those magnanimous things that God has forgiven us, those horrible things that we have done and committed not knowing what we were doing but which we did in sin. And help us to remember not the hurts that somebody afflicts upon us, but help us to remember how much God has wiped clean the slate in forgiving us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first day of the rest of your life. And the world simply needs forgiveness. God has forgiven us. But have we forgiven each other? If we haven't, then we certainly have poor memories. And may we on this, the first day of the rest of our lives, decide that we are going to remember. Amen. Our Father and our God, we know not why, but nevertheless thou hast chosen to forgive us. Sometimes we know not how, but we know we must forgive the one who has offended, who has offended us. Lord, help us to see the answer, that we forgive the same way that thou hast forgiven us.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you in this great day and give you peace and forgiveness forever and ever. Amen.